World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hi, welcome. This is the show. Please enjoy. Uh, today is Sunday, July 23rd. It's 2.57 p.m. and 33 seconds. Um, and mm, I've, I just, when I was thinking about how I wanted to do an introduction with the date and time in it, I immediately thought of how Chris Hardwick introduces every episode of At Midnight, um, where he greets the audience and then says it's 11.59 p.m. and 59 seconds um, and the date. Uh, and, but I don't remember what he does after that, so I can't keep the bit going. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a huge tragedy for me. Also, uh, At Midnight is ending after 600 episodes, um, which is kind of crazy, right? Uh, that's not a, that's a hypothetical question. Um, I thought... It it, it's apparently only been on for four seasons, but because it airs four or five times a week, it's uh, managed to get to 600 episodes very quickly. I think that took The Simpsons like 20 years to do. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I think at midnight is a lot less work to do. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, they do actually pre-write many or most of the jokes, uh, especially if they have some people on who are not comedians. They will just write all of their responses for them. Um, so uh, it ends up being more work than it seems um, to make a fake game show. I imagine making a real game show is incredibly easy because all you have to do is edit around all the awkward silences. <laughs> Um, anyway, this isn't a game show. This is a show where we talk about creepypastas, and for the second episode in a row, we have something not from the suggestion list, but brought to me by our guest, um, which uh, is, it's very old school. That was the initial premise of the show, is I would have guests bring creepypastas to me, tell me about them, and then we'd talk about the stories. Um, and then uh, I somehow accidentally developed a fan following uh whoops <laughs> or hooray uh hooray and whoops i didn't do it on purpose but it happened and i'm very grateful to each and every one of you um and so uh, there were a lot of people who were like hey i want you to talk about my favorite story and as i had to start getting more guests on there were people who were like i want to be on the show uh but i don't know about creepypastas so that combination ended up being perfect but now we're back to this classic form which happens every Every so often, I have, uh, like, when I had uh, Regina and Patrick on, uh, they both brought me stories rather than picking from the list. Um, and now I'm having returning guests, Derek Sotak. Hello! And Judd Matarang. Hey! Uh, and Judd, you have brought for us a story called The Sandman off of the Creepypasta Wiki by the author Tam Lin, and I would like for you to please describe this story to us. 
Sure. So, uh, this story is about a man named James and his son, Daniel. And the story starts out with Daniel asking uh, what the Sandman looks like. And... James says, ah, it's just an expression, you know, don't, don't worry about it. He doesn't really look like anything. Um, but that, that same night, um, he goes to check on his son and he sees a little pale, naked, man, man shaped thing rocking back and forth on the bed. Um, and when he ran inside to grab his son and take a look at it, he saw that it was, um, pale, hairless, and, uh, its joints were all turned the wrong way. And its body was, um, you know, like a, in some kind of strange shape. He describes it as an insane marionette dancing on a stage. Um, so yeah, so he, uh, gets he gets a little freaked out uh obviously and then he takes his son and they run um he goes and gets the cops to talk about uh what happened uh but when 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 he thinks about it he can't really just say you know it was a strange monster thing and then right before he could even say anything anyway his son says it was just a man in a mask and so he just corroborates his son's story he says yeah i guess it's just a man in a mask or whatever um and so uh they stayed at a hotel uh james got a security system installed he put bars on the windows and everything. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a normal reaction to seeing some kind of supernatural creature <laughs> in your home. Um, but uh, then he starts to notice that his son is getting a little bit more quiet. And then eventually he realizes that his son isn't saying anything at all. Um, and so he doesn't see this creature for a while. But um, slowly throughout this story, uh, James has a kind of a slow descent spiraling into paranoia and madness due to this one event. He keeps thinking that he sees whatever that creature was in the corner of his eye. He keeps thinking of places that it could be hiding in. Um, you know, he, he calls his mom and he tries to tell his mom about it, but... Um, uh, he he hears on the line something that sounds like someone holding their breath, like trying not to be heard on the line. Um, and so he runs to the only like landline phone in his house and he doesn't see anything. So then the next day he like puts, uh, I think he puts like rubber cement in the jacks and disconnects all the phones and everything. So he's, he just like slowly... He starts um, isolating himself and his son, you know, building his house up to be like some kind of uh, fortress um, until uh, I, I think it's it's probably a couple of weeks, right? Like uh, it feels like I forget the exact yeah, time frame. I don't know if he specifies. I think it's just sort of a time passes type thing. But yeah, he mentions that he hasn't left the house in several days at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so one day um, he passes by Daniel's room and he he thinks he hears Daniel talking to someone. Um, and so he jumps into the room and he looks around and he doesn't see anything. Um and he, you know, he empties out everything in Daniel's room. He opens up the closet, opens up the toy box, looks under his bed and everything. Couldn't find anything. Um, and then, you know, he, he goes over to his son and he looks at his son and he realizes that he's missing an ear. And so, he, he he's, and it's not even that the ear was cut off or anything. It was just, there's just, you know, no... There's just regular smooth skin there and like it was never there at all. And he looks to the other side and he realizes he's missing his other ear too. 
And so um, he grabs his son and he's about to head out of the house. And then um, all of a sudden he hears Daniel's voice saying, Daddy. <laughs> this is what I imagine that creepy... Uh, creepy sound sounded like and um oh yeah because it's spelled all in lowercase and sort yeah of into yeah i, I kind of like that e -E period I, yeah i like that effect it was it was pretty creepy because i could hear it in my head uh when i read I, it it gets across exactly how it's talking yeah yeah i was yeah. i was surprised that it, it that kind of gave me chills it came off uh i guess yeah exactly as intended and so um he starts he realizes that the the voice that he's hearing is not coming from Daniel. It's coming from this creature. And, um, you know, he, he's calling, he keeps calling Daniel daddy. Uh, he keeps calling James daddy. And he's like, don't call me dad. I'm not your dad. And um, the, the creature is like, you know, I, I came to visit because you invited me. And he's like, I don't understand. What are you talking about? And then he starts asking him questions that I guess he never really thought of before. He asks him, who is Daniel's mother? Um, how old is Daniel? When is his birthday? And uh, James slowly starts to realize he doesn't know any of the answers to any of these questions. Um, and so, he's still just clutching onto Daniel and the creature tells him, you were alone, you wanted a son. So, I made one for you. And then he's like, you made it out of what? And he was like, I made it out of myself. Um, and then, so the creature says, but now I need those parts back. And um, so, he looks at uh, Daniel whose eyes are shut tightly and he's like, he's like, Danny, open your eyes, open your eyes. And he opens them and of course, there's no eyes, just empty, um, empty sockets. And um, uh, the creature says that he's going to make Daniel part of him again. And, uh, he, he's like, he's like, you know, give me my son back. And the creature says, you know, um, I warned you he wouldn't exist forever. Uh, you can only remember what I want you to. You've forgotten all the times that we've talked. Um, and then all of Daniel's belongings and everything start disappearing, including Daniel himself just disappears. And then he just turns into a pile of clothes. And then even those disappear also. Um, and the, he asks the creature, you know, am I even going to remember him? Am I going to remember anything? And it says, you can try, but your mind will, will fail you. Um, everything he was is a part of me again. And then. He says, why are you even telling me then? And he says, because a father should know. And then, uh, and then James was alone. And then it, uh, forwards to a little epilogue with him and, um, uh, I, did they say he was his wife or his girlfriend? Um, uh, just they're, they're involved somehow. Yeah. And, um, she, she can't, she can't have kids, but she, she realizes that, um, he, he's the kind of, she, she recognizes his behavior sometimes as a guy who's lost a child before. Um, and she said that, um, she really wanted one and she wanted to have one with him. She always wanted to be a mother. Um, and she says sometimes she, she thought she would do anything, absolutely anything, if it meant having a daughter for them to raise. And, um, she said in those moments, in those moments, she became truly afraid, but she never knew why. Uh, and she also could, she, she is sometimes imagined that she heard strange scuttling noises in the house and saw impossible shapes in dark corners. But, um, I think she just explained it away as, you know, she was just their imagination or something. So, yep. Or she met with the creature and can't remember. Yeah. 
Or she's about to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Derek, tell me how you felt about this story, um, and then I'll get into my, my thoughts. So, it started off, and I thought it was garbage, and then it kind of got <laughs> to the twist, and I said, alright, this is, this is pretty good. It reminded me a lot of, like, either a Guillermo del Toro directed or produced story, or I guess it could have been a, uh, less fashionable M. Night Shyamalan directed or produced story <laughs> due to the twist, but it was, it had it was fantastic enough that I felt the twist was deserved and I was okay with it, but I feel the epilogue to this was a little much. It's like, yeah, you never really need that. The epilogue was there just to prove that he wasn't crazy, that right. there is actually a supernatural event happening here mm. involving the Sandman. But it neither exited light, entered night, nor... Uh, made me a dream, make him the cutest you've ever seen. I don't know any more saying that. Yeah, I uh, was interested in this story because it seemed like it was just going to be one of those uh, uh, what is the rake or maybe like uh, mm-hmm. sort of Slenderman-ish like very basic creepypasta and I'm like, um, okay. Like, I can see all on the same page the title, the beginning of the story, and the moment he meets the monster (laughs) it's that quick Mm -hmm. um like here's a gaunt looking thing that lives in your house yeah and i was like oh great it's gonna be one of these um but then after that he just doesn't see the monster again until the end of the story and i found all of that middle part doubt very interesting and then i'm like okay this is gonna be one of those stories where it was just a normal break-in but he saw a monster for some reason and we're not gonna know if he's crazy um which uh until the monster shows up again i I was satisfied with and if the monster hadn't shown up again i also would have disliked that epilogue uh sort of confirming it uh we covered psychosis on this and that does a similar thing except at no point in the main story does it confirm whether the main character is crazy or not but then it adds an epilogue where it's like by the way the main character isn't crazy they really are after him (laughs) and it's it's like the biggest disappointment because otherwise the story is so good um, and this, this one doesn't, it's not, I, that disappointment didn't occur to me like it did for you, Derek, but, um, mm-hmm. I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I, um, I just really, uh, I was surprised that it ended up being something sort of interesting and original that this, like, creature wasn't just a bad monster that's gonna steal his kid that it ends up being like sort of benevolent and like it almost feels bad that it has to do this um and like the fact that it comes back and bothers to tell james at all is like almost like sweet like as if the creature is like "Ah, sorry this is just business man um Mm -hmm. here's what's gonna happen here's what's gonna happen because i feel like you should know like i don't have to tell you but like you deserve to and that's that's very interesting to me yeah i liked it with the twist i was fine with that it's just the oh yeah this thing that 
maybe it was supernatural. Maybe it's just the guy's just crazy. Like, I don't think you need to, to reconfirm that. Oh, yeah, the, someone else is confirming that the Sandman is real. Yeah. Like, you don't, I don't think you need that. Mm. It would have been perfect to just leave it uh, with the last line and then James was alone. Um, but exactly. as soon as I saw those three stars, I was like, son of a bitch. They're going to try to add on to it. It was like, great. It ended just the way that it ended. It was perfect. It takes its, its body back. It's like, I got to go. Peace. And then he was going to leave. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, here's what it looks like from the outside. I'm like, no, yeah. the, no, it was fine. It was fine the way it was. But it um, brings it up from like a B to a C at that point. With that yeah. Initial, uh, the epilogue. It definitely hurt the story. I mean, I, I think if they had somehow made it a little, if they, if he could have made it part of the story, maybe somewhere in, in the middle or maybe somewhere towards the end, if they continued the story, but just the fact that they made it an epilogue and you know tried to tried to keep it going after uh, with all the momentum that it had it kind of lost it so mm-hmm. like i would have liked to have seen what his life was like that it caused it, what his life was so terrible and that it caused him to summon a sandman to make a child for him right yeah he, he wanted uh, to yeah, be a single dad so bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not like I make a wife and a child, but nope, just make me a single dad. <laughs> we never learn his backstory. Like maybe when he made the deal, he had a wife and she died, or like yeah, maybe. maybe it was maybe he had a whole family and like he just was like in despair at losing them and the creature made him forget and gave him a new son. It's like all these possibilities based on just the mere existence of this Sandman are so interesting to think about. Um, which is, I guess why I didn't mind the epilogue as much as, uh, you two did. It didn't actually even strike me as, um, as something that would be a problem for a reader until you brought it up. But, uh, I can definitely see the objection there. Um, for me, it brings up the possibility that this Sandman is just attached to James, um, that it's just going to, uh, harass the people in his life, um, regardless of, like, that this is just going to be the cycle again. Um, maybe it's even, maybe it's even a situation where there was some previous woman and, um, as part of the deal, she had to go away for Daniel to exist or something like that. It just sort of like that, the epilogue for me, um, sort of filled my mind with possibilities about the, um, reality of the Sandman, like what it, what it means, Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that we had opposite reads on it. Like the same man could be a benevolent creature ultimately, mm-hmm. which is kind of unusual for a creepypasta. Usually it's some horrifying monster. But the same man, while looking horrifying, like it seems to be doing him a favor, making a child for him almost. And there's a pretty baby sort of like yeah. arcane, like, ooh, here's a bargain roll, I'll take your soul if I make you a child for some Like, no, it's like, hey, uh, you know, you look like you're doing pretty, you're down on your luck, let's make a kid for you and see if that makes you feel yeah. better. I yeah. like the for a ambiguity. Bit, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I like the ambiguity of the character of the the little creature because it it it, it may be benevolent. It may also be a little evil, or maybe it's you know kind of mischievous. But when it says. Uh, 
there's an, some ambiguity when it says, you know, oh, I, I learned so much. You know, maybe it's trying to learn so that it can more properly mimic a human being in the future or maybe try to like, mm-hmm. you know, go into society uh, with as much information as it possibly can about how humans act and what they're like. Or maybe he's he's just genuinely curious about what what the human race is like and he just wants to know a little bit more and maybe assimilate into um our society yeah and yeah i yeah it's um hmm? oh um yeah i i just i love the i love the creature giving you know it's it it gave him what he wanted and it struck a deal with him and he and it told him that he was gonna you know he was gonna take it away but the guy just can't uh, remember, but he's, you know, he's doing him this, this favor. I think it's interesting that this, whatever the Sandman is, is, um, able to grant somebody these wishes and these memories has the ability to make all of these things real, including like, I think there was even a part where Daniel's room disappeared and it just became a wall. Yep. Um, which, uh, I think in the epilogue, they say, uh, uh, that James is just staring at the spot where his room used to be. Um, sometimes he just sits there and like looks at it for minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I love this, uh, supernatural creature. You can't really tell what it's, what its intentions are. Like it would be interesting to see like how bad was the guy's life that this is a plus for him. Mm-hmm. Like him making yeah. the deal where he will get a son, yes, but he's going to lose it after a period of time. Like this does kind of go to your, I believe, Jeff, you mentioned earlier about how maybe he did have a family earlier that died off or got killed somehow, and that this is what he wants back. Yeah, and, he and you just know what? Wanted, Actually, like, the creature even does one the more day would be enough. Mm-hmm. The it's creature like, does him a favor a for a while, but for whatever period of time you can't get the Sandman creature, that's going to be worth it to me ultimately. Yeah, and he but he doesn't even remember too. That's the crazy part is he gives exactly, him happiness yeah. temporarily, and then he's like, "But you won't remember it." Mm-hmm. I gotta assume that's part of the bargain that whatever deal you make here, you're not gonna remember making this deal to have it go through, which is ultimately gonna make here's, it all the more heartbreaking when it ends, too. Yeah, here's something that struck me. Um, when he's talking with his mom, there's a line uh, where he thinks to himself, didn't she know how hard it was being a single father? And it occurs to me that maybe she doesn't know about Daniel, because um, mm. we don't know how long he's had Daniel. Yeah, that's um, what I got we know from that, it. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, he said he hasn't talked to anyone in weeks. Um, she doesn't seem to remember that he left his job at the hospital uh, uh, last year. So at some point in the past year, uh, he left his job at this hospital um like she might not know about daniel at all um which is really interesting and i'm surprised that the story didn't push that just a little further Mm. where you don't have to infer you you kind of have to infer the creepiness how it is now but if they just pushed it a little further you could actually have a little bit of a spooky dissonance in there but uh i don't know restraint is also nice <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was glad that um, for the most part this it, it it leapt over a lot of the traditional creepypasta tropes that everyone kind of falls into. You know those, yeah. you know all those, you know the, those reveals and all those things. Like I mean, I mean it's pretty it's 
in the beginning when they like you know in the first like six sentences they reveal the monster um but aside from aside from that i thought it was a nice slow burn um that didn't give away too much it didn't try to do uh, and aside from the epilogue maybe didn't you know try to do anything in excess yeah like i was i was yeah. pretty much done after the beginning i'm like all right i know exactly what this is gonna be and it won't be back with that ending like all right this is you create enough of a character with i can see enough of the life and like the sorrow that he's been carrying around with him with this kid that you know it's certainly very easy to be back. jaded when you've read so many creepypastas it's true, like true. especially yeah especially jeff i'm sure who's read every single one of them he's just like sometimes yeah. he looks at it and i'm sure he's like I know where this one's going. <laughs> That's it's exactly the case. Uh, like we covered um, the Harbinger experiment in uh, one of our recent episodes, either last, either two or three weeks ago, um, and that one has a very similar um opening to this where but like that opening made me hopeful despite the fact that it is definitely the type of opening where it's like okay i like i know what you're doing um whereas this one it opens with like daddy what's the monster <laughs> like and then the kid like, goes and looks and there's a monster and i'm like uh okay cool it's the rake again or whatever various Pigman's uh, skinny, skinny goat suckers that there are in the world of creepypastas. But no, it ends up being uh, something really nice, which is interesting. Uh, I'm curious to know your spookiest part, Judd. I'm, you know, I'm just as tired of those kinds of creepypastas. Every time I bring you one, I try to bring yeah. one that is uh, <laughs> kind of breaks expectations because I'm, I'm also tired of reading the, the crappy pastas too. So I try to, <laughs> I try to seek out ones that are um, pretty good or original or uh, scary for interesting reasons. Um, I guess my creepiest part would be. I, I would say there's probably two. Um, one of them was just the, sus the suspense building as they never show or never show the monster again. Any mention of the monster is completely within James's imagination. It's never seen. It's never heard. Um, you know, and he keeps fortifying his house and, you know, getting alarm systems and reinforcing windows and, um, you know, like putting rubber cement in the jacks so now he can't, like, call anyone from his house phone. Like, he just keeps uh, – he's, like, you know, descending into madness. I, I thought that that was um, done really well. They didn't try to rush it either where, you know, like, oh, here's a couple of examples of the guy going crazy and then now here's the monster again. I mean, they really um, yeah. milked it but not um, to the point where I was getting sick of listening to this guy getting uh, increasingly paranoid. Um, but I guess the other part would be really when they introduced – reintroduce the the monsters just that creepy lowercase segmented um you know speaking in in just a few words and not full sentences um i i thought that was um especially creepy um and then when he starts grilling him about like you know do you even know daniel's you know who's daniel's mom how old is he and the, and the fact that james didn't know is almost like wait a minute like what is what's with this guy like is there something sinister going on here is this even his kid like how, how come he doesn't know anything about the child and you know so Derek, what about you? What's the spookiest part of the story for for your uh, for your money? 
Uh, I think the creepiest part be whatever the event was that caused him to be able to summon a Sandman and create a child, <laughs> even knowing that you only have it for a limited time. Because that's that's yeah. pretty rough when it comes down to it. And like whatever caused this had to be even rougher. That this bad situation was a better situation from that than that. Yeah, it's extremely uh, mysterious, but it's one of those like mysteries that the story. It's there, built into the nature of how the story is, Mm -hmm. but the story never even hints at what the answer could be. It never even acknowledges the mystery. It's just, like, because of the way the story is, you know something happened, and that is spooky enough. Yeah, like, this Mm -hmm. is a bad situation, but whatever the situation it caused us, it must have been so much worse. Yeah. Um, for me, I think I agree with Judd's uh, second spookiest part, the lowercase segmented speech of the creature at the end. Um, what especially is scary to me is not really knowing this creature's motivations at all. Um, the fact that it might be benevolent honestly doesn't make it less scary (laughs) for me. It makes it a little more, it's like, it increases the tension because it's like, oh, it could be anywhere. It could do this to anyone and think that it's helping. Mm -hmm. Um, it could like, it could give a person who is in pain the thing they think they want and end up hurting them worse than the pain they were feeling before. Right. Um, or, or like, maybe this deal was, I don't know, maybe forgetting was part of the deal. It's just so, it's, there's so much mystery to the motivations of the, um, the eponymous Sandman, as we're calling him, um, though at no point is the creature called this, the Sandman or anything like that. Uh, it's sort of like how we call the shark Jaws, just cause that's the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. That's that's for me the the spooky parts. Any final thoughts before we move on to plugs and uh, end the show? Uh, I would have to say this one really won me over. Like it starts off, you know, completely meh, and then really turns itself around. So don't give up on this yeah. if you're just starting reading this. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we told you all the twists. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so when you're hearing this now, it's already too late for you. <laughs> I I and basically you come in at minute. <laughs> 30 of this uh yeah check it out <laughs> um yeah th- I, this story was really um i i was looking through the list on um the creepypasta wiki for uh I, I was sorting it by um pastas top pastas of the month or something like that whichever ones won the you know creepypasta of the month and it's and it's terrible because it's not sorted by month it's sorted in alphabetical order what monster how am i supposed to find out and then the worst part is you go to the actual story and it doesn't tell you like when it was written you have to like go into the source or the history or something and that's too involved for me i don't i don't want to yeah, ac- one... accidentally create a creepypasta wiki account um <laughs> 
this one was posted on June 17th, 2013 on creepypasta.com. So uh, it, it has to have been written at some time before that. Um, yeah, uh, the author seems to be anonymous. Uh, Tam Lynn is clearly a pseudonym. It's some sort of um, uh, Scottish legendary figure, um, even though it sounds uh, like perhaps a Southeast Asian name. It is, in fact, some sort of Scottish wolfman or something. I mean, it could um, just be a coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It could, it could be this person's name uh, and also a Scottish monster. Um, the like my friend Louis Guru. You know, he doesn't get any credit for that. <laughs> The uh, the credit on creepypasta.com just links to tamlinearthly at gmail.com. Uh, so if you want to email this person and uh, ask them who they are or say, hey, your story is good, do that. Uh, if you don't like this story, don't email them. No one wants to get hate mail uh, ever, and you don't deserve to be heard just because you don't like something. Um, anyway, let's get into our plugs. Judd, tell the people how to find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at uh, CephalicStatic. That's it. Uh, okay, Derek, tell the people where to find all your stuff. Uh, you could find me at Nostronomics.com, which is your number one source for nacho news on the internet if you're a big nacho fan like me. Or you can listen to my other podcast at Nacho... Or, the Horror of Nostronomics... Uh, yeah. The Horror of Nachos and Hamantaschen.com with my friend and author, J.R. Hamantaschen. And we are covering Uzumaki next month, because I'm assuming this is the same month as you heard the last episode in. So that might be up your alley. <laughs> Listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me look at the calendar real quick. Uh, this one, this should be August 3rd when this is posting. Yep. Um, in September, so. we're covering Uzumaki, so get your Junji Ito fans out and listen to a story about spirals and snail men. Yep. Um, just make sure that uh, as you read through the story, you do not uh, find yourself in the situation I did where the plot winds you around and around, whipping you between genres so rapidly that you find yourself falling into the spiral. Um, <laughs> Remember, read it from left or right to left, not left to right, because it's Japanesey. Yeah, uh, if you open it in the American style, you'll see a page at the end that says, Stop! This is a Japanese comic book called Manga! Uh, and Naruto will be there telling you to turn the book over. Um, Believe it. Uh, I forgot to do my plugs last episode, I think. I think uh, you, you know did. where to find me normally. Uh, J3FK on Twitter, JeffJK on Instagram, patreon.com slash JeffJK if you want to hear me read. Uh, I'll probably have read last week's S. CP. Uh, I might end up reading The Sandman also, uh, since it seems to be so anonymous that I wouldn't... Uh, I guess I could send an email to the author and ask if they don't mind, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, you'll get bonus episodes and a written thing. I already posted the written thing for July at the time of recording, but uh, by the time you're hearing this, you'll also have access to those episodes for July also, and you get all the back episodes. It's great. Uh, I have people who are signed up for... I have one person who gets a packet of comic books each month, and I have another person who just signed up to get a postcard each month. Um, or, like, a little letter. I'm not sure if it's going to be a postcard or if I'm going to 
write like a spooky note to them. But either way, do uh, these comic books have a my... theme, or is it just like here's episode fifty, seventy-seven, and one hundred and three? <laughs> Uh, usually I'll include just, like, a story arc in the okay. packet. Um, I was wondering that. I think, yeah, I think I sent, uh, I sent both volumes of Spider-Man Noir, uh, over. Uh, I think I sent him, uh, the Taskmaster miniseries from a few years ago. Um, yeah, I have a lot, a lot of comics, because I was buying them every week from, uh, 2007 until, uh, just last summer when I decided to stop picking up. I stopped all DC Comics in, like, September and then winnowed myself slowly off of them until by by the time late fall came around, I was picking up no more comics. Um... So, I want to get rid of them. Patreon.com slash JeffJK. You can also go to my Etsy store, Etsy.com slash shop slash funtimesonline, where you can purchase uh, bead sprites from me. Um, there's a couple up on the store, but I also take commissions. Uh, the Some of the ones up are ones that I did uh, kind of early uh, before I remembered the correct way to iron them. Uh, so, they'll look better when you receive them than they do in the <laughs> pictures, probably, because uh, I'll make you a nicer one, unless you don't care and you just want the older, less nice-looking one, which is fine, too. Um, anyway, go do that. It's $5 for a bead sprite, $7 if you want me to stick a, an NFC tag on the back so it will work as an amiibo, um, plus shipping, which I think is two sixty-seven dollars in the U.S. Um, or if you're someone who is friends with me in real life or lives nearby, I can just bring it to you and save you that money. Um, <laughs> that's all uh, for now. Weaponizedlanguage.com. Uh, this is the end of the episode. And then James was alone. <laughs>